No, I just wanted to. I want to know about you, man. I want to know how you got into the uh, the physical physical therapy gang, and what you think about yeah. the Olympics right now. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, I uh, I uh, I've been a bad PT. It'll be seven years in August. Yeah. Um, I um, I knew I always wanted to be in sports. Um, I, you know, I was an athlete in in high school. Yeah. Athlete in college and. Um, when I was in college, I had, I had quite a few injuries and, um, going through the rehab process, um, it kind of solidified me wanting to go this route. Yeah. Um, I dabbled with maybe going into orthopedic surgery and that type of stuff, but I kept coming back to, there were like going through rehab, there were things I really liked. And then there were also things where I sat there and I sat back and I'm like, things could be so much better. Um, and so going, going through school, I always knew I wanted to go the sports route. Um, I was a little naive in PT school. I kind of only ex- thought that orthopedics and sports PT was the only type of PT that existed. So yeah, PT, was, uh, it was a wake up call going through the pediatrics and geriatrics and, you know, the, the, the strokes, yeah. the cardiovascular stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, so I mean, I wanted to create something that was – very niche based and very geared towards treating the athlete. Yeah. Um, Cause I felt like athletes in the physical therapy realm, they were an underserved population. I feel like there's this, there's kind of this stigma that athletes are easy that, you know, you know, they're young, they're athletic, they're going to get better automatically. And yeah. I felt like that mindset and that logic, it was extremely flawed. Um, so yeah, I mean, that brought me into PT and that's where I'm at today. I can imagine, I can imagine the, uh, the mindset is flawed just simply because I mean, shoot the pressure on you guys as physical therapists to rehab an athlete. I mean, they've got very specific goals and they're big goals. So it's heavy on you guys. Cause you're, you're meant to get them to a very high level of competition. So I, I see it as being far more important, I guess, uh, on the mindset of an athlete than, than if you're working on another population like geriatrics or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit it on the head there, but then that's, that's also where part of the problem lies because I can't tell you how many athletes come in here and it's, it's multi multifactorial. Yeah. Number one, 99% of physical therapy clinics aren't built for athletes, right? I mean, you walk in down PT clinics, but you walk in and, you know, there, there might be a 20 pound dumbbell. It might be the heaviest thing you got in there. There's no squat racks. There's no open space. Um, yeah. you, you can't properly rehab one and prep them. So these athletes end up going out and they're not prepared for what they want to do. And I think that's where like so many people will sit and look at stuff on my page, be like, Oh, that's not rehab. Well, you know, yeah, it is rehab. Yeah. You know, my job is to get the athlete back to doing everything they could before and maybe better. Um, it's true. And that means I have to try to replicate that and I've got to try to hit those things in those manners so that they make sure that not even from a physical standpoint, from a mental standpoint, that they feel prepared and ready to do their job. Yeah. And, and the, is it right to assume that, you know, anybody going into physical therapy should really expect to like do big movements going into therapy? Because that's what I've been hearing a lot nowadays, especially with just like therapy in general. It's it's like a, a shift is going into making things a lot more transferable. 
like doing a lot more gym type movements in the clinic. Am, am I right about that or am I kind of off? I mean, I like to think you're right and I like to hope that you're right, but I don't yeah. think you're right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, what I'm the thinking. Majority, <laughs> the vast majority of PT clinics now, it's still very mill-based, okay. right? Where you walk in, you're a number, you come in, you know, if you're there for a lower body injury, you're going to warm up riding the stationary bike for 10 minutes, you know, and then you're going to go through the exercises that are on your little sheet. Yep. You know, some high school aide is going to take you through them. Um, you might see the, the therapist for five, 10 minutes. You're going to end with a little bit of stim and, you know, maybe some ultrasound get thrown on there and then you'll, that's your, that's your session. And you know what, you'll come again Wednesday, same exercise coming Friday. And there's not like a progression plan to things. It's yeah. And it's fortunate. I mean, that, that's, that's the part where, you know, I always joke, I always say like, I hate physical therapists. Cause I mean, honestly, that's way 95% of it is. And I think it's wrong. Um, but sure. I, I do think that social media has helped kind of open the eyes, maybe even to practitioners, but to me more so of young athletes and letting them see, all right, this is the type of care you should be seeking out. And this is, this is not where you're getting where you're at. Yeah. Go somewhere that's a little bit more suitable for you. So from that standpoint, yeah, I agree. But the vast majority, I mean, it's still not that way. And it's, there's a long ways to go. That's uh that's how it was in a clinic I worked in for a while. I I was a tech um at at a private clinic and literally just you you listed it out perfectly from start to finish how my job yes. would go. And it was it was funny. It's like yeah, I mean, you know more than I would, but yeah, you you get the patient on the on the bike for 10 minutes and then me, I was that little high school kid, you know. Exactly. So exactly. Hey, you got to do your dead bugs, you know. So I know yeah. And then think about that thing. Like, I, I was the same thing. Like I did that in there high school go. and like I was in no position to be helped. I mean, yeah, I mean, some people I'm not doing any harm, but I'm also like if you've got an elite level athlete, there's no there's no way I should be anywhere near that person. Yeah, for sure. With my level of education, it's just it's 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 flawed care. Is uh is it different for Olympic level athletes go, go, trying to compete at the, that level of competition or is it just just athletes at any level i think i mean i i like it like i'm i'm pretty spoiled with what i get to work with on a day in day out basis like sometimes yeah. i look around with like i don't know how exactly i got to this point i'm very fortunate that i have but it's awesome though. my 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 entire caseload is i mean you're either a high level high school athlete who's d1 bound you're playing college sports or you're some type of professional athlete that's awesome um, so I think the mindset between all of them, it's more or less, it, it's, it's similar. Yeah. Um, but between them, I, I mean, I think I, I love working with that clientele, just, just the way that those individuals are wired. Um, I relate to that very well and, you know, yeah. I'm able to develop rapport with those types of patients very well. So, um, That's I don't cool. know, they, they all come for different things. Um, you know, you know, I've got a, couple people playing in the Olympics right now. Um, well, I, cool. I wouldn't say it's vastly different. Yeah. Well, I, it's, yeah, it's funny. I just, I think about like the, the amount of, of importance, I guess all the athletes place on rehabilitation and trying to recover from all the exercise. And, and up until recently, you know, I guess I didn't know about cupping and all the other different methods, all these, <laughs> yeah. all, all these different yeah. things. And I think it was like Michael Phelps or something that made it more, uh, 
yeah. more popular. And so it's it's all these yeah. other forms of rehab are coming into light and everybody's trying them and all these new places are opening up. So things are happening on social media that, that have to do with therapy that's going out yeah. there, you know? It's, it's kind of funny watching that. I feel like it's every Olympic Games, it's something, you know? It was, yeah, yeah. It was Kinesia there for a stretch, you know? Then you're right. I think like last Olympics, it was cupping. And now, you know, recently, I think, you know, blood flow restrictions getting some 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 pub now yeah um from the latest olympics i mean it's 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 kind of cool to um it's kind of cool to see that it's also kind of comical to like kind of read the way some of these things are described and the benefits of them because i think <laughs> you're probably <laughs> not, a little bit annoyed <laughs> yeah i'm not sure they're entirely accurate a lot of those things yeah, yeah um how they're described or what they do but yeah i mean it's i, th I think yeah, it's it's all yeah. New things keep happening, but you're you're all you're a practitioner of the uh, uh, occlusion training, right? The blood. Yeah, I mean, stuff. we were actually, yeah, we were. I mean, me and my business partner, we were actually the the first two in in Maryland to to start offering it. So I mean, we've been using it since Damn right twenty sixteen. Yeah, wow. two thousand sixteen. So I mean, I it's it's fascinating. Like it's like. The very first time I saw something on it, it was, it was uh, an ESPN story. Okay. And it was like when I was fresh out of PT school and they were talking about its use in the military and I kind of like brushed it off. All right. That's kind of cool. And then like a year and a half later, ESPN did another story on it. And this time it's, um, you know, they, they were going it through with athletes. They were talking about how Clowney was using it, how Dwight Howard was using it, how, you know, Florida had just started using it with their athletes. And at that point I'd read a lot more on it. And I was just like, this stuff is is the real deal. I mean, especially for like the post-op population, it's such a game changer. Um, yeah. But I, I think BFR, it's, it's a big piece. It's also one of those pieces now where like people are showing up to the party and then they get a little trigger happy with, and they kind of use it with everything. <laughs> I think it's one of those things, good tool. It has its place. And when used in the right scenario with the right patient, it's, it can have incredible results. Yeah. The, it, it's, it's cool for, uh, the older population, right? If they want to bring in some level of muscle building, right? It, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's that's that's what it's meant for too. Like it does make rehab more effective, right? So, so the whole essence behind blood flow restriction training is essentially what it does is it creates an anaerobic environment within your muscle tissue. Yeah. So. You and load someone at a very much lower level and still get results as if you're loading heavy. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, so there, there, there's a lot of studies on the elderly where, where, where it helps. But the one thing that you kind of have to be caught, I don't, I don't know, I don't treat that population much, so I can't at all. So I sure. can't really <laughs> comment on it much. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, it can do wonders for them. The question okay. with it is it's not the most comfortable thing. So true. with the elderly, you have to wonder about how much they can tolerate it. Um, I gotcha. But, but yeah, for those that are post-op, like I, anytime I get kids who had a meniscus repair and they're non-weight bearing, it's a saving grace for them. Um, with the people who kind of have the chronic joint pain and you can't get to a place where you can load them in any which manner without provoking pain, it usually serves as a good bridge to get them to a point where I can load them. Oh, that's cool. Um, so I think that's the most important thing about it is that it's, it doesn't replace loading but it's pretty damn close to being as good as it. Um, 
Yeah. So yeah. Well, it, people, uh, people, you've have used it for squats before, from what I've seen. It, it, that's that. To me, that seems like the most painful uh, usage of it. But like wrapping the um, like thigh and everything, like up top, right? Because you can you can I mean, technically, yeah. I guess. Technically, what? Technically, like do it with squats, right? If you did occlusion. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it yeah, just yeah. it would cause a lot of chafing in particular areas, but I mean it would you know I guess. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I mean with the right cuff, and that's the other thing is make sure you got the right cuff. With the right there cuff, it's honestly not bad. I mean squats aren't the worst. I mean I've had people do sleds with it. I've had people sleds. honestly. Oh, that's cool. Sleds are rough. There's there's a thing called the, the bike protocol that Owens Recovery Science has, and that thing's brutal. It's it's riding the bike for 15 minutes. It sounds simple. It sounds, you know, oh, it probably not sucks. all that bad, but. At the, yeah, it's pure hell. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I've had dudes like I remember a few years ago, I had a NFL guy who literally broke his foot like it might have been like eight weeks before training camp. And he was kind of like a bubble fringe guy. Yeah. And we BFR the hell out of him. And I, I vividly remember he was in a boot at the time and we had him we had him in the boots. You know, we had his other foot kind of lifted a little bit so he was dead level and he was back squatting 135 pounds hitting the 3315 rep ranges with the thing yeah so i mean yeah you can squat with it no that's cool. <laughs> dude i love that man yeah it's 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 amazing it, it's funny though you're right people are using it in so many different ways and all the wrong cuffs and stuff so does that find its way into your like personal workout routine outside of rehab and everything <laughs> Um, I haven't, I haven't done it much. Um, <laughs> I I've thought about it at times. Like we, 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 we have, we definitely have the cups here. Like, yeah. like we've got two, we got two, uh, Delphi units through Owens. Um, we've got the smart cuffs. Um, I honestly haven't used it a whole lot. I haven't brought myself to do it. I know there, there's a couple other clinicians that I know. And I, one guy in particular, he's very big on using it with his workouts and sure. it's, it, you can definitely, you can the, the studies show you you do put on hypertrophy quicker with it than without it. Okay. Um, so it definitely has its merit, especially for the bodybuilding population. What uh what are the smart cuffs? What are those? It's 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 just another brand of. There's so many different brands of them. The smart cuffs are legit though. Okay. Um. So I mean, so the Delphi. I don't know if you know what what these ones are. The Delphi. I don't was know the, the Delphi first either. Yeah. Yeah. So Delphi, Delphi, I love like okay. Delphi is pricey. The Delphi is run for about five grand a unit. Um, okay. But they were the first, the first approved one, medically approved device. Um, they're the safest. So they're, they're kind of all automatic. Okay. So they're like, you sit there and it automatically takes the, the occlusion um, while the person's exercising, you know, there, there's, limb volume changes while they're exercising right because blood's pooling yeah it's letting a little bit of blood flow down but it's trapping all venous return so you you get a pump so with that that volume change within your limb that cuff's got to change and make sure it accommodates for the amount it's occluding and the delphi accounts for all of that um and that's what i love most about it. it's very accurate with keeping that versus the smart cuffs they're more manual you have to take the occlusion via doppler okay um and then do that, and then it's you manually pump it up to that occlusion. Um, it's much, it's vastly cheaper. It's safe. It's still a good cuff, but 
like I said, they both have their pros and cons. Well, yeah, that's that's what always went through my head is, you know, if you're going to do it yourself, how the hell would you know if you're doing it right? If you just kind of grabbed <laughs> any kind of cuff? Because, I mean, shoot, I did that for the longest time. I was like, this seems cool. Let me try this out on my biceps. Yeah. And and naturally, I think I probably did it like too tight or something. And, you know, my, my arm's like going numb and shit. And it's just full of this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I must be working, you know. So... Yeah, just uh, to to the point where it's almost you're like, okay, maybe I should kind of research this, figure this out a little bit, understand what I'm doing. So <laughs> I find it yeah, funny. I, I, yeah, I remember. I remember when we first started using it. Um, you know, I'm trying to market it to docs and market yeah. it to like the personal trainers in there. I remember I brought one personal trainer in because he was fascinated by it because he had been doing the same thing. He's grab just grabbing the voodoo band and like wrapped <laughs> that around. There you go. Armor, right? Yeah. Right. He's so here's the funny thing: like you think like you get it tight up. More times than not, he 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 came out there. He's like, dude, I wasn't wrapping my arm nearly tight enough. Um, oh, really? Okay. So I, it's it's it, it's different for who knows. I wouldn't for suggest doing that. Okay. Yeah. No. And I've 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 learned my lesson for sure. But uh, is is there any? Are you guys thinking about bringing in any other kinds of therapy to your clinic as far as like all the naturopathic stuff goes or is that that not really fall into your scope yeah you know i i i don't i don't i don't know enough on that's so like we've definitely had like different health disciplines that like want to come into our space because we do have a big space yeah um like i know like cryo guys have been knocking on our doors wanting to <laughs> you know, cool. which i feel like that's going to slowly die um you think so i've i've yeah, I mean, I I don't know how those guys make money. Like, I I really don't. Well, the shoot, I guess we've got we've got a couple facilities around where I live, and I I, I again, you you'd know more than I would. I I suppose it has to do with the trendy aspect, right? Just the the glitz and the glam of it, because they offer a few kinds. Oh, it's never just cryotherapy. They like they have. Oh, I don't know, light therapy, aroma. Th I I checked the list one oh. time, and so there's a bunch yeah. of different crap, and and they have a bundle price, and so there's things yeah. that make it sound nice, I guess. Yeah, and that's where I think I think, I think you need a certain type of client. There's, there's a small niche of a client that's good for that. Okay. Um, because I think I think the big blow that that cryo chamber industry took was when you know, studies started coming out where they were comparing it to basically comparing its efficacy to that of just normal icing, you know, whether that be in a cold tub or whether that be, you know, the bag of peas out of your freezer. And there wasn't a vast difference between any of them. So, I mean, I always sit there and I told my clients, I'd be like, look, it looks good. It looks fancy. It looks nice. If you want to pop the 60 bucks to go in there, because it's only going to last you, it's only going to, you know, take three minutes versus the 20 of you being into a cold tub, then by all means do it. Yeah. But I don't know that someone can, unless you're, you know, a, a pro athlete that's got money to burn. Um, you know, you're not gonna have many high school kids that are gonna be going in there on a weekly basis and dropping that kind of cash for it. Well, the yeah, and and you mentioned the the cold tub that still seems to be the like tried and true thing instead of just yeah. like just j just jumping in cold water <laughs> to doing that instead. Yeah, yeah, and and that's pretty much what I'll, I'll tell anyone who asks about that stuff. Um, at least for recovery purposes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and that's it's becoming popular. Hot works is a thing now. I, I don't know if you've heard of that, like the hot box, <laughs> cardio and a sauna. 
Oh, just being in the sauna and everything goes through its phases. It's it really it's really pretty crazy. And it's 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 cool. It feels cool. I, I just you know, there's there's usually, you know, snake oil. It's there's there's a lot of stuff that yeah. that it touts and it's not it's not true or based on any kind of thing. So yeah. And that's yeah, and that's kind of the box I put all that stuff in. Is any of that stuff gonna hurt you? Absolutely not. If you get mm-hmm. some type of feel good out of it, is that a good thing? Absolutely it is. Is that, you know, cryo chamber or that heat sauna, is that going to cure your hamstring strain? Absolutely not. It's not going to do much at all for that. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of how I explain it to them stuff. It, it's feel-good stuff, but that's not the thing that's going to make them better. Well, when you when you rehab athletes too, is it is it – do you – are you required to basically get them back into or make them continue – down their road of of like constantly competing and everything are they like taken out of the cycle completely or can they still train while they're rehabbing with you i guess is my question i, th- I think it depends on what we're, we're rehabbing oh, I gotcha. um like like uh, for if, if they're able to do i never want to shut anyone down completely unless it's necessary yeah. and in a lot of cases it's completely necessary with some I make it very clear, like, look, I'm okay if you continue with X, Y, and Z, as long as we're able to keep making linear progress. But if our progress is stalled and we start getting this yo-yo effect because we take a step forward, but then you go and you do whatever at practice or in games that takes you back three steps and then we're not making progress, then that's when we look more towards restricting things. Oh, I gotcha. Okay, so it's kind of – it's – it's all about progress, really. It's about what you see, what 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 you're getting out of the athlete, basically. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, and then and then you you weigh the risk reward with stuff too. Like, you know, I had a college guy this year who had a, you know, yeah, he had a pretty bad knee thing that was a degenerative thing, and it wasn't something that, you know. It's something that we we pain managed. We we oh, did okay. soft okay. tissue work. We did shooting stuff throughout the season and just kind of grin and bear it to get him through the season. And then others, I mean, I've definitely had some college softball pitchers. One comes to mind and, you know, with COVID, she walked into the season, hadn't been in a weight room in months, steps on campus and just starts going full throttle with everything, gets thrown into everything, and she just fell apart completely yeah. um, to the point where – we had to shut her down from all types of throwing just because us trying to do patchwork throughout the weeks. It just, she was just kept getting worse and worse, but she wasn't getting better. So Jeez, man, it's kind of a case by case basis. I don't know how you deal with that pressure, dude. I really, I, I've, I've, I applaud you for kind of, cause cause that's such an abrupt change. That's, a, that's such an, like you, you just kind of have to, to dance with it. If it ends up like that, right? Like you, I, I don't, I don't know how you do it, man. I really don't. Cause I'd be scared. To, I'd be scared <laughs> to death. I'd just be. I'd. I'd be so terrified. I'd be like, like, what, you, well, if, tell the athlete. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just to like do that, but then all of a sudden have to like back them off and like change it up and and do different things. I don't. I don't know. Again, I'm not a therapist. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm kind of just pulling it out of my ass. So, but you know, I mean, that's, I, I, that's my thinking. Yeah, I think I think it comes, and that's where like I'm a I'm a very blunt person to my patients and basically anyone in general. So like I make sure like, like day one, I'm very upfront with what the expectations are, what the plan is. This yeah. is how I want things to go. If things do this, this is what we're going to do. So 
it helps that I make sure they're not getting, you know, feeling like they're, you know, getting broadsided by something. You yeah. know, they, they, they know where I stand and, and what's happening. And I make sure that they make sure they understand what's going on and what the logic is behind what we're doing. Cause yeah, you know, I've, I've been that athlete who wasn't getting answers and didn't know what was happening. And it's, it's not a fun place to be. Have you ever, uh, have you ever rehabbed an athlete that you wondered how they, how they ever got that injury? Like an athlete, like a curling athlete from the winter Olympics or something. <laughs> I'm just, I no, just came to my, like, what if you, yeah. Like what did you, have you, have you rehabbed like a ping pong athlete? <laughs> no, I, I had a cricket player though. No way. Really? <laughs> cricket. Yeah. Cricket. And he, hey, he played for team USA. He, I what? That was probably two years ago. Yeah. Team USA cricket guy just randomly out of blue. at that. We, we, and, uh, I can't imagine we're good at that. Yeah. I, 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 I doubt he is. It, yeah. I, I haven't tried to. <laughs> I, I don't have a, there's cricket matches. What they can last 24 hours. I don't have that time to oh. watch a cricket match. Um, but, um, no, I think that's probably the most bizarre. <laughs> that's crazy. What recently rehabbed. Some of our other clinicians here, we get we get a ton of like professional ultimate frisbee players. Um, really? Yeah, I don't know. We probably had a good four or five or six walk through the doors here. Um, but other than that, no, I haven't had any like. I, it's it's funny. I treat predominantly. I get a ton of basketball and football. Okay. Um. And oh, that's then, awesome. like, yeah, and then my business partner here, he gets, you know, almost his entire caseload is female lacrosse players. Oh, there um, you go. Okay. So, so we, we treat a little bit of everything. There's stark differences between each of our clinicians, and it's just kind of, yeah, little things that somehow we, we carve out. Well, that's pretty, that's dope, man. You, you yourself played some basketball, huh? Back in the day? Back in the day, I played a little ball. That's awesome. Well, you were, I, I, I say like, I say a little. You were, weren't you a collegiate basketball player? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I played in college. Um, that's a big deal, and that's man. Where, that's cool. It was it was cool to get there. I mean, it it, it didn't last long. I mean, I missed my first two years from injury. Oh, um, damn, bro. And that's 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 kind of what that, that's really what I think put me in this position here today. And I think I think I'm a better clinician for it. Yeah. Um, from being relate to athletes, from being able to understand what they're feeling. Um all of those things. Wow, man. Well, that's so cool.